Hello, everybody. Michael Lombardo here. Welcome to Awaken Podcast. If you are new to the show, you could stream the podcast every Monday and Thursday. There's a new episode releasing on the CharismaPodcastNetwork.com. You could also go to Charisma Plus app, find it there. You could also go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Audible, anywhere that podcasts are listened to. You could subscribe, rate, and review on any one of those channels so we can get this out to more people so they could be blessed by the message of the gospel. I like to have amazing people on the show from around the world that are prophetic, that have a message for this time and this hour, people who are missionaries, who are laying down their lives, that are seeing the miraculous, people that have a bright and and um, strong revelation of the gospel of grace, have, a, have a, a really strong Christology, a revelation of Christ, all he's done, all he's accomplished, who we are in Christ. And so my desire is to see the hearts of God's people awakened to the reality of the gospel, to the beauty of who Jesus is, what he's done, who we are in him, that we get awakened. Like it says in Ephesians 5.14, awake, awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. That our hearts may be awakened so we could step into fullness, into the fullness of God in our time, in our generation, so we can manifest everything that God wants us to, so we could walk out everything that God wants us to in this time, so we could play our part in the grand scheme of God's amazing purposes, his supernatural purposes for this earth. And so today, I don't, I don't have a guest on the show today. This is a solo show, and I've been wanting to dive in the First Corinthians 15. I feel like this is not a chapter of the Bible that is explored um, often, really, I've I've never really heard many people preach out of First Corinthians fifteen. Um, maybe around Easter because it talks about the resurrection of the saints, not just the resurrection of Christ. It talks about the resurrection of Christ, but also the resurrection of the saints. Um, but today, so on this episode and and some coming episodes, I'm going to explore First Corinthians fifteen. But today, I want to talk about something called um, it's a certain kind of theology. You could look it up where it talks about how we are already, but also not yet there, and. So so I'm going to go into that. Already, Christ has accomplished everything that he needs to accomplish, but we're not yet seeing the manifestation of all of those things. And so it is a tension. We are living in times where we are in the world, but we're not supposed to be of the world, where we need to shine the light of our salvation to a people who are trapped in darkness. God put us in this planet. Evil is abounding um, all over, but also righteousness is growing in the earth. The kingdom of God is expanding in the earth, and we are meant to be in this world, but not under the system of this world, not under the spirit of this world, which is antichrist, but we are meant to shine Christ and preach Christ in a dark world so that we could bring many sons and daughters home into the kingdom of heaven and we could um, establish righteousness in the earth righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne and so that is the purpose here we are a city set in a hill just like jesus said we are salt in this earth salt makes us thirsty and so we are causing this world to thirst and hunger for the lord people are meant to look at our lives and say what does this person have that i don't have why are they so different why are why are they confident and at peace and they're not anxious they're not depressed how come this person is full of love how come they're forgiving others and not taking things offensively how come this person is is shining christ and 
and and flowing with with the word of God? How come this person seeing victory and breakthrough and blessing in their life? How come this person is bold and confident at the face of adversity? What is happening with this individual? And then we get to make a defense for the gospel. We get to say who we are, who we belong to, and this Jesus and and God, how amazing he is. We get to share that testimony. And so this is the time and the hour where God is bringing, he was, he's wanting to, he's wanting the lost to know him. He desires that none perish and all come to know him. That is his desire. He does not will for anyone to go to hell. He does not desire for anyone to go to hell. He doesn't desire for anyone to perish, but he wants all to come to him, to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. So how are we going to conduct ourselves within this mysterious tension of knowing that Jesus accomplished it all? He conquered sin, death, and the grave. He conquered Satan. He took away the authority from him, gave believers authority that there is healing, there is prosperity, there is there is breakthrough, there is miracle signs and wonders, there is the, the manifestation of the spirit, there is sanctification and righteousness and the atonement in this beautiful inheritance that is already ours in Christ, but how come we are not seeing the full manifestation of it? That is the question. If I am healed, how come not everybody is experiencing healing? If Jesus purchased blessing and prosperity, how come not everybody is blessed and prosperous? If Jesus purchased, you know, it's just it's just this tension of, okay, well, if he wants to heal the sick, if he wants to raise the dead, how come we're not seeing dead people raised? I know there are some testimonies out there, and there are, I believe, wholeheartedly in healing. I believe wholeheartedly in resurrection. I believe wholeheartedly in the miraculous. But there are times and moments where we not see the full manifestation of these things. Well, how come if he purchased it, how come we're not experiencing it in every single circumstance that it is necessary? And so there is this tension of believing God to cast out demons, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leper, you know, give sight to the blind, open deaf ears, all these amazing things that are found in the gospels that we are experiencing and people are experiencing around the world. I have seen plenty of miracles and I should probably have an episode where I just talk about all the amazing healings and miracles that I have seen. I'm sure you'd be edified by that, blessed by that. I should probably do that now that I'm talking about it. But there's also been several scenarios where I didn't see people get healed or somebody was believing and contending and trusting God for a breakthrough and just in the natural, we didn't see it take place. And so what do we say in circumstances like that? We have to understand the time that we are in, the time that we are living and what the scriptures say about this. All things have been subjected to Christ, yet we have not seen all things subjected to him in the natural. And so I'm going to read from 1 Corinthians 15. Um, this is verses 20 to 28. So I'm giving you a lot of scripture here, but verses 15, uh, first Corinthians 15 verses 20 through 28. And this is the apostle Paul talking to the church in Corinth. And he, and it goes like this. He's talking about resurrection, that Christ was resurrected from the dead. If Christ wasn't resurrected from the dead, that our faith would be in vain. It would be futile. We, we would still be in our sins. There'd be no hope. We would have no hope because Christ died and there was no victory. And that's what he's saying to the church. And he's also saying and advocating for a true resurrection for saints, for believers, that one day we will take off this mortal body and we will receive a glorified body. And so that's what he's talking about here. And this is something, like I said, we do not speak about often in the body of Christ, but I feel like it needs to be spoken about. It is hope that we've been given. It is a, a aspect of this gospel that we need to drink from, that we need to experience, that we need to know and meditate upon and ponder because we will receive hope and faith 
and life from this reality or else it wouldn't be given to us or else it wouldn't be a reality for us as believers. This was very prevalent in the first church. They thought this way. They believed this way. But 1 Corinthians 15 verse 20 to 28 goes like this. But the fact is Christ has been raised from the dead and the first fruits of those who are asleep. For since by a man death came, by a man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, also in Christ all will be made alive. But each in his own order, Christ the first fruits and after those who are Christ at his coming. So saying Christ rose from the dead, he was the first fruits and now believers will also receive a glorified body and be raised from the dead at Christ's coming. And then he says, then comes the end. This is where I want to get at right now from verse 24 on. Then comes the end when he hands over the kingdom. This is Jesus. When he hands over the kingdom to our God and Father, when he has abolished all rule, all authority and power, for he must reign until he has put all of his enemies under his feet. The last enemy that will be abolished is death. For he has put all things in subjection under his feet. Past tense, guys. Verse 27 is past tense. For he has put all things in subjection under his feet. But when he says all things are put in subjection, it is clear that this excludes the father who put all things in subjection to him. When all things are subjected to him, then the son himself will also be subjected to the one who subjected all things to him so that God may be all in all. That is a mouthful. Okay, that is, it's a little bit confusing if I read it too fast, but in verse 27, it says that all things have been put in subjection to Jesus Christ. That means all enemies have been put under his feet. And just like the apostle Paul said in epistles before this, he said that all might, all power, all dominion is underneath our feet. We are co-seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. All dominions, all rules, all authority is under Christ's feet. Therefore, it's under our feet. So there is a reality of these things have already taken place because of what Christ has accomplished. But there is a day where we will see the full manifestation of it. Because if you keep reading, it says this um, it says all things are subjected to him but when we see all things subjected to him and so it's talking about a manifestation of these things in that day when Christ appears and the saints are raised and the kingdom of God is fully manifesting in the earth Jesus is talking about the, the humility of the Lord in these last verses I'll just remember, I'm going to read them again in verse 28 it says when all things are subjected to him so that's future tense So in verse 27, it says all things were subjected. And then in verse 28, it says when all things are subjected to him, then the son himself will also be subjected to the one that is God, our father, who subjected all things to him so that God may be all in all. When I got a revelation of this, it absolutely ravished my heart. It made me see the beauty of Jesus, the humility of Jesus. The Father subjected all things to the Son, gave all things, all authority, all reign into the hands of His Son. And then when Christ comes back, the saints are raised, the kingdom of God is coming to earth in fullness, manifested fullness. Then Jesus Himself will subject all things back to the Father, meaning He will, I just picture in my brain Jesus just on His knees, just laying down everything, just giving all things back to the Father who gave 
all things to him. And we know the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, all equally God in worth, in they're they're all God in in worth, in in they're all worthy of worship and praise and glory and honor. The triune God, the three in one, a mystery, a mystery, excuse me, that we will be able to explore and experience forever. And one day we will know as we are fully known, which is amazing. But just Jesus, all things were given to him from the Father, all authority, all dominion, all power. And then one day when he returns at that time and hour that we we do not know, but when he returns and the saints are resurrected and the kingdom of God is fully manifesting in the earth, Jesus will give all things back to his father in humility, in awe, in love, in mutual respect. There is this other giving love in the Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. There's this beautiful relationship where now Jesus is saying, thank you, Father. You gave all things unto me. I did everything that you asked me to do. I I, I won the hearts of your people. The kingdom of God is here spreading in the earth because you gave me the authority. I did everything you asked me to do. We did this together. And now here, it's all yours. And he gives it back to him so that God God may be all in all. I can't tell you right now that I have full revelation of this passage. I believe that I'll be exploring this, unpacking this, discovering new truth until the day I see Jesus face to face. I'm only 33 years old. I've got a long life to live and serve the Lord and I've have not yet arrived, believe me, when it comes to revelation. But to me, what stands out right here in this verse is the humility of Jesus and the relationship between the Father and the Son, the mutual respect, the self, the 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 the, uh, the love that is shown shared, the, the respect and the honor within the Trinity. But what I want to highlight here is the fact that all things have already been made, um, have already been put in subjection to Jesus, but we have not yet to see a full manifestation of that. It is this already but not yet reality that we find in scriptures. Yes, you have authority to cast out demons now. Yes, you do. Yes, you are sanctified now. Yes, you are the righteousness of God in Christ now. Yes, you have healing power because of the blood of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit now. Yes, we could see the dead raised. Yes, we could prophesy. Yes, we could see healings and supernatural events take place now. Yes, all of these things are now because the kingdom is at hand because Jesus died and arose from the grave and gave his church authority to overcome and to release the kingdom. But they're also, we were not, we're not always we're not seeing every single aspect of life align with that reality currently and we have a hope that heaven and earth will become one and there will be a full reign and manifestation of the kingdom of heaven and Christ will come back for his people and we will rule and reign in the earth with the Lord Jesus. That is a future hope that we can look to coming out of my series and the fear of the Lord talking about setting our minds, our affection, our attention on heavenly things, not on earthly things. You know, uh, the hope of knowing that one day we'll stand before the Lord and be rewarded for our works and we will be with him forever and ever. And there is a kingdom that is made not with human hands, that the builder and the architect is God himself. That is our home, our heavenly home. Having these things in our minds, it causes a fear, an awe, a wonder that we begin to live for eternity and not live for the temporal rewards of life and not live to gain and, and to possess more things in this life but we are trying to gain and possess eternal rewards. We're storing up riches in heaven, like Jesus says. And so if you, if you look into this, there is a theology of already and not yet. And I'm going to share one more scripture about this, where it says in, in Hebrews 2, verses 5 through 8, and it goes like this, For he did not subject to angels the world to come, about which we are speaking, but someone has testified somewhere saying, 
What is man that you think of him or the son of man that you are concerned about him? You have made him for a little while lower than the angels. This is Jesus. He was made for a little while when he took on flesh and walked this earth a little while lower than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor and you have put everything in subjection under his feet. Next verse, for in subjecting all things to him, he left nothing that is not subject to him, but now we do not yet see all things subjected to him. See, that is a clear picture, I believe, even more so than 1 Corinthians 15. He's just saying very plainly, all things have been subjected to Christ. All things are under his authority and his power. He left nothing that is not subject to him. The whole earth is held together by the power of his word. He is the ruler and the king of the earth. He is the creator of all things, the sustainer of all things, the king of all things. He is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords, the beginning and the end, alpha, omega. But we have yet to see all things subjected to him. And so I believe that God has ordained within time in Christ's death and resurrection and the establishing of the church, the Lord did not want to force the hand of man, force the will of man to love him, to know him, to honor him. Through his bride and the power of the Holy Spirit, he is wooing lost sons and daughters to himself. And he is tarrying. It says in Peter that he is tarrying until many sons and daughters come to him. There is a time in history that we are living in now where God is reaching out to his people. And the scripture even talks about that the time of the Gentiles be fulfilled, meaning God is trying to win over the hearts of the Gentiles until we see a revival in the Middle East with the Jews. And so there is this reality that God now is reaching hearts, giving everyone an opportunity to know him, to love him, to gain that revelation for today is the day of salvation. And in this time frame, the saints of God struggle with this mysterious tension of, yes, Jesus accomplished it all. Yes, I can experience it now, but there's also some things that I'm seeing that don't make sense according to what Christ has already done, but I will still believe and I will still contend and I will still honor and and lift up the scriptures above my experience. I'll believe the scriptures above my experience, but I will also know that there is a glorious hope where every tear will be wiped away. Every sickness will be nothing under our feet completely. There'll be no one that is in pain. There'll be no one that is broken and abused and hurting. There is a glorious day and a glorious world that will fully manifest. Christ already purchased it. Christ already in, in the realm of the spirit, everything was done, was done that needed to be done. But there is this beautiful time in history where God is wooing the hearts of his people because he wants them to yield to him, not by force, not because he's sovereign and he could turn their hearts, but because he wants to woo them. He wants to win them. And so now we must live in this tension. And so it's a beautiful thing. We are saved, the scripture says, but we will be saved from the wickedness that is in this world, from the demonic attacks that we still experience as believers. We are glorified, it says in Romans 8.30, but one day we will be fully glorified. There's a manifestation of everything that we truly are. We're not seeing everything that we are right now, but one day there will be a full unveiling of who we truly are in Christ. We are sanctified, the scripture says in the books of Hebrew, right now, currently sanctified and perfected. But we also are progressively experiencing that reality. And one day we will fully experience that reality. We were risen with Christ. That is a supernatural spiritual reality. We were risen with Christ, but there will be a day of physical uh, physical resurrection. The Bible says that we are redeemed right now. We are redeemed by the blood of Jesus, but there will be a, a day of redemption that we are looking towards, a hope, a full redemption that we are looking for. We are healed now, but one day we'll be 
fully healed. We are in God's kingdom now, but one day we will inherit a glorious kingdom that is more tangible than what we are experiencing now, even though it is supernatural reality and we taste of these realities even right now in this time in history. We are seated with Christ now, but one day Jesus says if we overcome, we will be seated with him on his throne like he sat on his father's throne. Satan is under our feet now, but the apostle Paul says that Satan will soon be crushed under our feet in totality. Death has been abolished now because of what Christ has done, but we are still seeing death in the earth. There will be a day where death will be completely swallowed up by his light. Yes, Jesus conquered death now. That is a true reality, but we will also say one day, death, where is your sting? Death, where is your victory? Grave, where is your sting? Death, where is your victory? And so there's a, there'll be a full manifestation. Has Satan has been dethroned of all power and authority now, but we still see, and the scriptures say that he is still the prince of the power in the air, um, blinding the hearts of those who don't believe and deceiving those who are in darkness right now. But the scriptures also say that his time is short. So I want to end it like this. We are living in this beautiful tension. It is a mystery that I cannot fully explain that we will um, be coming into progressive revelation as we seek the Lord for the remainder of our lives. And one day we will fully know as we are fully known. But this life is a life of faith. We walk by faith, not by sight, where we are believing for healing. We are believing for miracles. We're believing for victory over the enemy, victory over illnesses and ailments, um, resurrections from the dead. Even there's, there's testimonies around the world of people dying and being raised. We are believing for breakthrough. We are believing for, we, we can walk free from sin. Now we don't need to wait until one day we can experience these realities. now, yet there is still a wrestling taking place and we are not seeing the full effect, but one day we will. And we have that hope that Jesus is going to return. We're talking about the second coming of Christ. He is going to return and his saints will be lifted up, raised with him. And we will experience the fullness of the kingdom and king and the, and heaven and earth will be melded into one and righteousness will fill the earth. The Bible talks about the knowledge of God will fill the earth as the waters cover the sea. We're living in a world where evil is still rampant and many people are under the sway of the enemy's lies, but at the same time, we are called to infect this world with his knowledge, with his truth, and with his glory. God wants to usher in his kingdom through his people, not apart from his people. He purchased it. He took the authority. He took the keys. He took the victory. It's all by his blood, by his power, by his grace, not by our effort, not by our abilities, not by our disciplines. Jesus bought it all. Jesus defeated sin, death, and the grave and the evil one, but he wants to establish his kingdom through his people, not apart from his people. So we are enforcing what Christ has already accomplished. He set the stage for us and we are to enter the play with him. I hope that makes sense. I'm going to dive a little bit more into that on this next episode, talking about the resurrection of believers. This is something that was Christian doctrine, fundamental in the first church, but something we don't talk about often. So I want to get into this. It's very interesting. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review to this podcast so we can get it out to more people. Tell your friends, tell your tell your family members, take two seconds to review this on Apple or Spotify, anywhere that you're listening to. Be such a blessing so we can get this out to more people. But love you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in and I'll talk Talk to you next time on Awaken Podcast. Hello, everybody. Michael Lombardo here. Let me tell you about this amazing online store, The Hope Filled Journey. 
Um, they'll definitely want to check that out today. Michelle and Renee Torres, they started up an online store in obedience to the Holy Spirit in the midst of a crazy year, full-time jobs, raising four small children. They stepped out in faith, and God is honoring it every step of the way. It's www.thehopefilledjourney.com. This is where you'll find extraordinary products, clothes, fashion accessories, jewelry, and more. You'll be able to find amazing clothes for spring, handmade jewelry. Their goal is to inspire faith through through their product line, as well as high quality in all they do and produce. Check it out. It's thehopefilledjourney.com. And also, if you, today, if you go, well, you got the promo code AWAKEN, promo code AWAKEN. If you go to the website, you can get 25% off of all full-priced items, and all orders over $60 will ship free. And so that's 25% off today, all full-price items, and any orders, $60 or more, will ship free. And so make sure to go to the website, that is www.thehopefilledjourney.com, and make sure to use promo code AWAKEN.